This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Topics worthy of discussion. Or Pizzaville, dial pound 3636. Joining us in-house, Kevin Gadet is the president of Brightpoint Strategy, formerly head of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Good afternoon to you, Kevin. Hey, Johnny. Living the dream today. Thank you for that. Uh, Michael Diamond back with us, campaign strategist and political commentator with Upstream Strategy Group. How's the Diamond Man? Glad to be here. Glad to have you. And Alyssa Freeman, PR and pop culture media expert. Alyssa? Glad to be here as always, John. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us on this Tuesday afternoon. As a matter of fact, you know, I was just talking to Dan McTague, the petroleum analyst uh, who was with us, and boy, uh, he was really unequivocal about uh, the need to build a pipeline to Tidewater, especially given the circumstances in the Middle East and, you know, with uh, 5% of the world's oil supply uh, taken off stream. They don't know when it will come back up, but it does uh, underscore the volatility of global oil markets, and we could be supplanting or supplying what is missing. We would be in a very advantageous position right now if we had these darn pipelines. So I'll just throw it around the horn as sort of uh, punctuating the point in a follow-up with Mr. McTagg. The instability of the global oil supply, does it underscore the importance of Canada expediting development of the oil sands and getting that Trans Mountain pipeline built, Kevin? Yeah, for sure. Look, this Liberal government has chosen rainbows and unicorns over economic development for years now. And and Dan McTeague's not the only former liberal, blue dog liberal or conservative liberal, if you will, uh, you know, fiscally minded liberal who upset with this government. So that's why I think there's a good opportunity for, for Andrew Scheer, this opportunity, this election, because this Liberal government, Trudeau, has just gone so far to the left. Well, but here's the thing, because if Quebec, uh, they don't want Energy East, according to Legault, their premier, uh, they don't want pipelines, they've got an environmental skew. Ditto for BC, who just stalled the development uh, with another court challenge. And, uh, you know, is it being played out uh, rather as politics rather than economic interest for the country, Michael? Absolutely, it's being played out as politics. And this isn't only an economic issue, frankly. This is a moral issue because Canadian oil should be made available to the rest of the world so we can start relying less on really, really bad countries' oils where evil things happen and most of the chaos in the world is a, a result of our reliance on that oil. We need to do this. Alyssa, is it a consensus then? I thought I'd ask as an afterthought to Mr. McTagg. Yes, it is a consensus. And I think that people are are actually shocked on what this has done to the world oil supply. I I think that we knew a lot of oil came out of Saudi Arabia, but since the decimation of their oil fields, and uh, we're all going to see it at the pump in a few days, I think people are really surprised about how much was just concentrated in one place and what that would mean if we had oil to sell. I think we're going to see a a stepped-up campaign in the future from the Canadian Association of petroleum producers who seeded the field for too many years on this issue. And I, I think they're going to, I think the, the Alberta, you know, mainly Alberta and Saskatchewan oil companies will be given the cash to cap and they're going to step up their game in, in a national campaign. Well, as a matter of fact, it's already happening. And you cite Alberta, for example, their premier, uh, Jason Kenney, has sort of struck a commission, a government uh, sort of initiative to start trying to follow the money trail and see who's funding. Uh, the groups that would undermine petroleum development in his province. 
And some people see that as being like, you know, offside. Uh, in fact, I think there was uh, an op-ed piece in a weekend's globe to that effect that said uh, this is, you know, kind of conspiracy stuff and governments ought not to be involved in this kind of pursuit. Uh, how do you see it, Michael Diamond? Look, the same uh, reporters and columnists who are going to say that this is a conspiracy uh, theory by Jason Kenney are going to be the ones talking about Russian interference in the American elections. So we know that foreign actors do things for their interest, interfering in our democracy and our domestic affairs. So I think uh, it's great to see Alberta have a premier uh, who's actually looking out for Alberta's interests again. All right. Well, you know, when you cite that there are foreign actors that may play a role trying to influence the outcome of our election, it's been cited by uh, no less than the Canadian intelligence uh, apparatus that there are foreign diplomats uh, in embassies and consulates across the country, primarily in B.C. and Ontario, who are working to uh, affect their own uh, agendas or ends. And this is a report in the CBC. Federal parties being warned of efforts by six foreign countries to influence election. Uh, And these countries are primarily China and India, but they also include Pakistan, Venezuela, uh, who else is Saudi Arabia is in there, and there's one more. But uh, it leads me to wonder who would be the beneficiary, they say, because really they'll do it at the writing level through the diaspora. Uh, Who would tend to benefit from this kind of foreign influence, uh, Kevin? Well, I can think of three or four examples of individuals uh, in the last year or two who have uh, been caught out in public supporting the interests of China, mainland China, uh, or India, and uh, you know we can think of the the pr- former Ontario Provincial Minister Chan. Uh, there's a local federal MP who's being charged with a variety of obstruction issues. Um, who's the former federal cabinet minister who became the ambassador to China? Um, I mean, we. Oh, they're all liberals. <laughs> and they all have one thing in common. They're liberals. So what are you saying? They they actually uh, would follow the interests of uh, these foreign actors or they would play ball with them because it would help them get elected. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to understand. Well, I, it, anecdotally speaking, we're... The only examples I can come up with are all liberals. Oh, not to mention the fundraising scandal Justin Trudeau had uh, for having caught out uh, going to a um, uh, an event at which there were a whole bunch of registered Chinese lobbyists. I mean, I mean, the list of examples is not short. All right. Uh, although you know, it's kind of interesting that they had uh, on his trip to India this guy who was, uh, you know, oh right, him affiliated too. with right. the, with the terrorists. <laughs> Sorry, but, I can't but, keep but, track. I of thought that was going to be your first one, Kevin. <laughs> but, actually, but, well, that was inimical though to uh, the Indian national interest. This guy, you know, if he's a separatist and uh, you know, uh, in the Punjab there, and you know, had been uh, a party to terrorist activity that wanted to uh, stoke those uh, those uh, flames, then. I don't see where that squares because that's against the Indian interest, isn't it? You know, it, it, it's interesting. Yes. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting when I read this article, it was sort of a strange article to begin with. I mean, first of all, there's they're warning the political parties about these, uh, these these interests. And then they're saying that, well, it's not really on a very high technical level. They're actually trying to get into ridings and go into meetings and, and, and do their influence. It's not like the Russians. It's not like the Russians who are trying to do it, you know, uh, through social media or for Facebook. So Yeah, it's old school is yeah, what yeah, they Yeah, they, they actually did call it old school. And I, I sort of of like smirked at that, but then I listened to Kevin, and I'm you know hear him rattling off all these these examples that show what actually happens when you go old school, and you know Manchurian maybe, candidates. There we go, and it also mentioned that the article very good. Well, no, what it says is uh, that these elections are contested at the riding level and can make all the difference in the world if you've got somebody who's 
paying for operatives, you know, because the embassies and the diplomats are really intelligence operatives, according to our own intelligence apparatus. Look, look, we're seeing an electoral split right now, 35-35, 36-35. We know that the election will be decided by a couple thousand votes in key electoral districts. If you can make a difference in those districts, you're going to determine the result of the election. I think what's equally concerning as the foreign uh, nation states that are uh, playing in this game are the foreign-funded NGOs that are having a big impact. So last election, you saw the Rockefeller Foundation, you saw Todd all these American uh, interests pouring uh, Tom Star ton of money into Canada to stop things. And then you have to ask, how did the Rockefellers have money? Petroleum. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I get it. But, you know, it's funny because I, I talked to Dan McTague about that moments before you arrived. And uh, late last week, we discussed with Vivian Krauss, who's done a lot of research on this, the same awesome. idea of following the money trail. Well, some people would counter by saying, but the Koch brothers, they pour money into, you know, pro-petroleum types of endeavors. And so is it a wash? Well, what have they done in Canada, though? Like we hear we hear it's easy to say the Koch brothers, but point to their their projects. We know what Tide did last election. We know what the Rockefeller Foundation did. So we know what the Koch brothers do or the Koch Foundation does in America. We know that their internship does train some Canadians. But I don't think it's I I think it's an easier talking point from the left than uh, reality. I can't. I can't think of an example. I'm in, and I know when I was the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, we would have loved money from the Koch brothers. Please send send us money, but didn't happen. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.